Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Doctor Who After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Doctor Who After Show. Ooh. Yeah! Greetings, everyone. Welcome, Whovians. This is the very, very, very first ever AfterBuzz TV Doctor Who recap and review. Welcome. This is Season 7, Episode 1, Asylum of the Daleks. Not a place that any of us, I think, would want to visit. Uh-uh. And welcome. I'd love to m- welcome my new host. Your first time in AfterBuzz as well, yes? Yeah, that's true. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Matt Lieberman, Doctor Who's super fan. Really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome. Happy to have you here. And really excited to do Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to review the show for a while. Love oh, yeah. the show so much. So let's just start out in general terms. What did you make of this as the first introduction to Season 7? You know, overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Uh, Doctor Who is always really strong with season openers. Stephen Moffat said it was going to be kind of like a diehard-like plot. Yes. We got some darkness. We got some action. We got a lot of great comedy. Yeah. Mostly at Rory's expense. Always. Always at Rory's <laughs> expense. But he didn't die. No, he didn't. He did not die. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. That's for later. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I thought it was great. I love the Daleks. They haven't had a ton of great episodes. Right. Of late, I loved that season one episode, Dalek. It was right. the last time I feel like they were really scary. Like one Dalek took out an entire facility. Right. Leveled it. And ever since uh, Russell T. Davies, he leaned on the Dalek button a bit too much. Yes. This was kind of their first big appearance since season five. Yeah. I think since Victory of the Daleks. I thought it was a lot of fun. And it's moving further away from the darkness of season six. It was very dark, very plot heavy, very convoluted. But this season, I think, is going to be a lot more fun. Well, I think, and we'll get into this a little bit later, uh, talking about sort of what Stephen Moffat has said that he wanted to establish for the tone of the season. But as you indicate, he's talked about really taking on a genre per episode, going big, making it sort of a movie in itself every episode. So this one, like you said, it was a lot of action. It was sort of diehard-esque. I thought it was a lot of fun, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there is always that question of, if you've established that one Dalek can take out an 
entire facility, then what happens? I mean, this this was sort of the alien question. Yeah. When we went into aliens, if this is the damage that one alien can do, then what can a whole sort of army of aliens do? You run into a little bit of that question here, but I think that they solved it for the most part. I liked the episode. I liked the introduction. We'll talk a little bit about my hopes for the overall season mm-hmm. later. But since we're on the topic of Daleks, that's our first topic. We're going to get into that. But first, let me just remind you guys to go ahead to iTunes. Listen, like I said, this is the very first time that AfterBuzz has done a Doctor Who review. We're really excited. We hope you are, too. We want to hear from you. Please tweet at us. We'll give you our Twitter handles at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, you can tweet us at, at us now. Actually, I'm at C. I am at Matt Lieberman, L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. And you can always tweet at AfterBuzz. We'll be checking in periodically. But also really important to subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe. Please leave a nice comment because we read them all. They make our day. Please rate us highly and nicely. Um, this is how we sort of keep on keeping on. This is what allows us to do and bring you this, these reviews and this material that we enjoy doing so much. Okay, let's talk about the Daleks. Now, Stephen Moffat had said that this is his favorite monster. So I thought, well, I wonder what other people's favorite monsters are. I do like the Daleks. They're not my favorite monster. Mm-hmm. My favorites are probably the Weeping Angels. Everyone loves the Angels. You gotta love the Angels. So scary. And the Silence. Yes. The Silence is so, a Stephen Moffat original, mm-hmm. so scary. So, so absolutely, everything top to bottom, the design, the suit. The suit reminds me a little bit, I don't know if you were a Buffy fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you remember Hush? Yes. Okay, does a little bit of a Hush. A little bit, yeah. You know? No, they're, they've got kind of like that sequiny thing. They're right. almost slimy. They, yeah. You, they're just so uncomfortable to look at. And the fact that you can't remember them, that mm-hmm. you could be surrounded by them and not even know it, I think it's just absolutely... I mean, the Weeping Angels have a little bit of that yeah. with the blink, don't yeah. blink. But this is just another iteration that I think really works. Other great sort of one-off or yeah. couple-off monsters are in there as well. Yeah. I I love Vashta Narada That's from the season one. four. Love, love the Vashta Narada. So scary. Like... Stephen Moffat, even though he says that the Daleks are his favorite monster, yeah. he loves coming up with great monsters. And, and that they're is all, so excellent. They're all riffs on psychological things that right. we can't escape. Right. What's lurking in the darkness? What's in the shadows? What can we not remember? If we don't look at it, what's going to happen? The yeah. Vashti Narada, to me, I was always scared of the dark as a kid. And me too. To think that in any shadow you could just be dissolved, oh, eaten alive. Yes. And I think that the thing that really worked about the Vashti Narada, too, was that the the sort of the suit yeah the skeletal yeah. suit that was walking and you didn't quite know that hey the pr- who turned out the lights who turned out the lights yeah. who t- so creepy and he does that so well too the sort of the echoing remains of the life form mm-hmm. he does that uh, he reuses that a few he reuses times. that a few times but you know what i don't care because it is scary every yeah. single time it was in this episode mm-hmm. oh and i thought that was one of the scariest moments in the episode oh i died outside i forgot about dying mm-hmm those human Daleks were so creepy. I never thought that Daleks would be creepy, like they're fun, but that was so super creepy. I thought so too, and this is a new, again, this is sort of where Stephen Moffat takes it and then takes it to 11 a little bit, where mm-hmm. we've sort of got the zombie slash Cylon Daleks. Yeah. Are you, what do you think so far? I, I, I liked them. The, the funny thing about those, about those like Cylon-esque Daleks. Uh-huh. It, it's kind of, yeah, it's like Cylons. It's like Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep right. Space Nine with the shapeshifters a little bit. But I loved that moment where Amy's like, Doctor, shut up. Yeah. 
living or dead, and then the dead ones come to life. Right. And you're just like, oh, oh, God, how are they going to get out of this? I think that I think the moment that I really liked um, was when we got the initial sort of introduction that they had made this shift. And the Mm -hmm. reason is, is because it's sort of similar to what we were just talking about, how he uses the idea of the memory, the human memory post life. They've emptied out this woman. And I, I love that language that they've emptied her out. But yet, they can switch her back on if they want to, where she becomes herself again when she needs to go into deep cover. Yeah. She said she read her file. Right. Yeah. There's something really tragic about that to me, the idea that you're gone, but yet you're still kind of there. The potential for you to be there still exists. There's something really like Greek tragedy yeah. about that to me. And I think we're going to play He's going to play with that a little bit more yeah. over the course of the season. Well, you see that also with um, not to get off topic, but uh, with Oswin, who will get sure. To, yeah, we'll get to yeah. that for sure. And uh, it's, also, it's also similar to what he did in that Vashonarada episode uh-huh. in Sounds of the Library of Forest of the Dead with that little girl the little who's girl. the computer yeah. at the center of the planet. He loves playing with that theme of you know, who are we if right. we don't have memories, if we don't have love, if we don't have people in our right. lives? Right, right. And that's the core questions of science science fiction. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, we've sort of talked about that. We haven't talked about this, but sure. I've talked about this before and after, but that some of the core things in science fiction, of course, you want to make some kind of like, not so much with Doctor Who, but with a lot of science fiction, some kind of political allegory mm-hmm. is often there. There's often a theological slash philosophical yeah. message, and it is what is the nature of being human. And so is it memory? Memory, what is the soul? When yeah. is it gone? When oh, is it yeah. there? And he manages to bring a fresh take to it, even though he's playing on sort of tried and true tropes that are really legitimately creepy. So yeah. let's move on. Speaking, let's just talk really briefly about the idea of a Dalek parliament. Yeah, which was just kind of a goofy idea. The prime minister, I laughed aloud at that. Um, but I also I want to talk about that Dalek puppet. Yes. The new one. It, like, it's so much better. The production design on yes. this episode was just so spectacular. Yeah. And they've shown that Dalek puppet before. It's always been so goofy. This one was creepy. It was slimy. It was really well detailed. Yeah. But it, it probably, they wouldn't get a ton done. I feel like they'd be blasting each other. Yeah, I think they, well, this is the thing with, I, 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 I like that you brought up the production design. If you guys want, there is a, um, there's a little feature that gets a little bit into the production design on this episode mm-hmm. and on the Daleks in particular, which is interesting. Listen, in a television series, it's always going to be a little bit lower production design in the movie because over the course of a season, how much money can you really spend? And especially if every single episode is going to be on a different planet and yeah. so forth. So uh, we forgive a lot of things, but this was looking really good. Yeah. Well, Stephen Moffat, he he said in an interview uh, about a month ago that the BBC knows this is their crown jewel. It's their right, biggest sure. crossover global hit. So they're throwing plenty of money at it this season. You can really see it. One thing about the Daleks before, before we step away from it. Uh, oh, I was, no, we're still on it. All right. Well, I'm, ex- I'm excited. <laughs> I was really excited they were going to use every type of Dalek that's yes. ever been used in the show. Yeah. And you saw some of them, like the special weapons Dalek in, was yes. in there. And that was really cool. <laughs> I was missing. I didn't get enough tiny light Daleks. Well, Where are my tiny lights? I, you know, I, I kind of I was OK. Look, you, you as fans, we're always going to have the things that we in sure, particular sure. want to see more of and that we want to see different kind of iterations of you were never going to be totally satisfied you know i mean i would see more jamie Mm -hmm. like jamie was a scary monster to me i mean we can't see more jamie that's sort of over but something like that but not that that has to do with this episode so that is a little off topic but but i i just 
90% of them were Russell T. Davies gold Daleks. Right. Standard issue Daleks. I was just hoping we'd see more variety. You saw them in the background. Maybe they just weren't in good enough condition. They might not have been. And there they might not have ready. been. Yeah, they might not have been camera ready. There yeah. might not have been. This might have been an easier, cheaper mold to create. Yeah. We don't really know the particulars of why they chose that. I did love. The, also, they look good, though. The gold did look, look good. Damn good. They really you did. Know? I loved that um, intensive care room. Yes. All of the Daleks who had specifically fought the doctor. Right. And for the first time in really a long time, I feel like uh, we saw true fear yeah. in the doctor's eyes. I think we did, too. That's something that I want to talk about his evolution in this season. We'll talk about yeah, the later. move that was made for him. But all right. So my my whole take, and I'll just say this really briefly on the idea of a Dalek parliament is like, what is in the minutes? Like, the let's read the minutes from last week. Let's kill everyone. What should we talk about this week? Let's, let's kill, kill everyone. everyone. <laughs> you know? We love yeah. hate and yeah. end session. And know? two weeks from now, who haven't we killed <laughs> yet? Haven't we Why killed haven't we killed them? Maybe we should try and kill them yeah. now. You know, yeah. I think that's sort of all we're really going to hear from the Dalek. Dalek so election. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> yes. I'm running for secretary. I can take. <laughs> Take notes better than that, Dalek. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about speaking of 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 Dalek. This was such a good move, I think, on his part. Mm-hmm. Some people might not agree with me, but let's talk about the introduction of Little Miss Oswin Oswald. Yes. Oswin Oswald. So Jenna Louise Coleman is everybody. Mm-hmm. Well. We assume people know yeah. is going to be the next companion. If you're a diehard fan, you've read about this. You've read about this. She's going to be the next companion. Yes. So here she is, the actress, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the character. No. And it was it was a introduced. sly move. It was a sly move yes. on Moffat's part. It was a bit of a, a wink. At the very end of the episode, you see her look directly at, ca- at the camera. Yes. And you know that that's like a big wink to the audience. I loved her personally. I, I liked her a lot. Yes. I really, I don't think think that we're going to have quite this I don't know it's going to be really interesting to see how similar the character the ultimate mm-hmm. character who is named Clara yes um Oswald um pardon me minor, Clara Oswin min- minor minor spoiler yeah my oh yes minor yeah. very very minor spoiler Sorry, it's, guys. it's on IMDb it's everywhere yeah come on um, keep up <laughs> no. so all right so let's let's talk a little bit about this character though yes. before we get too much into our predictions about what she'll ultimately be as the companion this is interesting to note. If you guys don't remember Martha Jones. Yes. Season she, three. In season three. She was actually in the very last episode. The actress mm-hmm. was in the very last episode, episode of season, of season two. two as a different character yes. who ultimately was turned into a Cyberman. So mm-hmm. it's not unheard of, although this would have, I, I think that was sort of not accidental, yeah. but well, I think they liked her and they brought her back. Eve Miles as well from Torchwood. She was in season one, episode three. Right. Uh, back in, in ancient Wales. And she was actually Gwen Cooper's ancestor. For those of you who know Torchwood, uh, that was the spinoff, spinoff obviously, with uh, Captain Jack right. after season two. But it's it's not unheard of for them to do this. I think it is the most overt wink I think that a it creator is too. has ever done. This and, is the most overt. Yeah. And sneaky, Moffat. Sneaky, sneaky, Moffat. So sneaky. Let's, let's talk about some of the obvious issues here yeah. a little bit. One... I think two very obvious questions come into play. One is why was her voice the voice of Oswin right. instead of instead the Dalek, of the Dalek voice? voice? 
it may honestly come into that whole question of memory and who am I. She had right. she had expunged the fact that she was a Dalek, and right. maybe that just overtook it. It might just be one of those lovable plot holes that Doctor that we Who let fans go. just let go of because we love the show. Right? It's it's an imperfect beast, but it's it's so much fun. I don't care. I don't care too much either. Yeah. But I will say it was one thing that toward the end of the episode I went. Hang on. Yeah, come on. Wait a minute, Stephen Moffat. Yeah. You know that it would have been a Dalek voice. But I like the idea mm-hmm. that you mentioned that it's the power of belief and yeah. that she still believes that this is actually very interesting because if you guys know in um, in like physics, you mm-hmm. know, it's the observation ha- plays a role on on the object. Right. Yeah. Um, so. So I like the idea that observation would play a role, that her belief is so strong that she's still this woman, this human woman, that that's what they would hear. But then once he observes that she's a Dalek, the voice is the, the Dalek. The voice changes. It also may just be that her consciousness is pumped into the whole network and that has a different voice than the Dalek body, which right. processes it differently. Right. But going into that, I feel like they play a lot with that with that idea of belief. Right. You know, season three, the finale. Yeah. When uh when Martha gets everybody on Earth to believe to, that the doctor's coming and Yes. That, yeah. Huge, huge, yeah. huge. He, it isn't that was always so clever too. I know. It, it isn't always logic. Right. Which when you're a science fiction fan, you're always looking for the logic in things. Doctor Who Well, you're looking for it to stick to its own logic. That's true. And Doctor Who's logic has a certain level of whimsy. It's yes. ultimately it is a family show. Yeah, it is it is and which is what a lot of people here I think don't understand yeah. is that this in Britain is, is a family the show. The whole family, kids hiding behind the couch when the scary monsters come yeah. out. Uh like I love reading interviews with celebrities who used to watch it as a kid and they yeah. were hiding behind the couch. But I I, I agree. It yeah. does sort of play with that idea of of the power of the human mind. Mm-hmm. And, and and I would say that the power of the human mind and will is something, and that's what we'll get into, yeah. I think, with the doctor. And um, Oswin is something that he really respects and admires and, oh, yeah. and has that, a lot of faith in. There's that moment when uh, when he's like, well, how did you hack it? And she's yeah. like, I'm just a sexy super genius. Yeah. And the smile that comes across his yeah. face, he's like, oh, oh really? this is different. This is different. Yeah. This is new. She's... Uh, if if her character, her companion character, has a similar attitude to Oswin, uh, can we talk about her let's, like in yeah in let's, those terms? Let's 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 wait okay. for just a minute. Okay. She's so okay. So this is what we know about Oswin in any way. She's yes. a technological savant, mm-hmm. um, and she has an incredible strength of will. Yes, because I think this is. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure this is the first case that we've heard of that somebody was able to overcome mm-hmm. the programming, the Dalek programming programming well it's the first time that anyone's become a dalek but i i do agree it's the first time we've ever had a dalek but we know that they but we know that they all none of them started out they're not born they're all created right and so clearly none of them was able to overcome that programming Mm -hmm. um but she was, which I think is an incredible strength of will. It's a testament. And um, yeah. and I think that that characteristic mm-hmm. will play into this next coming yeah. companion, I think. Yeah. And I think he was incredibly impressed, mm-hmm. but also ter- he was scared. And all like, we have to mention, we cannot not mention egg. Yeah. Egg, 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 egg. 
egg, 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 egg. It's really clever because it worked yeah. to sort of play the joke on Rory initially, yeah. and then it worked with, with sort of the playing into her imagining she was yeah. making these souffles. It was also, yeah, that was so much fun, and it, and it was a kept, they kept calling back, where are the eggs? Where are the where are the milk? But when the first time that the first Dalek did that, and it was glitching, I was like, yeah. egg, egg, egg. I, I I thought that was so creepy because I thought it was laughing. Honestly, I thought it was a crazy Dalek and it was laughing. And I, I just loved the way that sound came out. It was just very unsettling. It was unsettling. Yeah. I will say this though: I wouldn't have minded a, seeing a little bit more of what a crazy Dalek acts and thinks like. Yeah. I didn't think that we got very much. It was just no. sort of the idea that they were crazy. No. They they did run away from the central conceit a right. few times, mostly because. If they really approached it head on, they wouldn't have survived. Those sure. Daleks would have blasted them. Yeah. And that's honestly my biggest problem with Daleks on this show is they're supposed to just be this mindless, only hate and just exterminate anything. And there's so many times that they just don't exterminate. They don't exterminate. They, they don't exterminate a lot. What's going on? <laughs> they're a little glitchy, these Daleks. Yeah. I yeah. demand more blasting. I demand more blasting, too. Yes. We, we are putting in a plea officially right now for you more. You hear us, Stephen Moffat? <laughs> more we, blasting. More blasting. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Then we'll be more scared of them. Yes. Um. All right. So let's talk about now... We can, I think, talk. Well, you know what? I'm changing my mind. We're going to put off any talk of the companion that she will be toward the end. Toward the end of the show. But for for Doctor Who, we can talk about this for this episode. Mm -hmm. Of course, he brings up and it's always brought up as in a joke. And I don't know why they don't get when he does Mm -hmm. something like, where'd you get the milk? I don't know why at this point we don't know that that's going to be incredibly important question. That's the cue. That that's a cue. I don't know why Rory and Amelia don't get. Yeah. Where did you get the milk? Yeah. Well, it's important because they're concentrated on the issue at hand. They just got blasted into a planet filled with crazy Daleks. They yes. don't care about milk. They care about survival. Yeah, that's fair. OK, yeah. that's fair. But viewers still, are smarter than the companions at this point. At this point. And yeah. viewers honestly should be a little bit smarter than the companions, because yeah. the truth is, if that if we were in that situation, all we would really be thinking about is our immediate survival as mm-hmm. well. But here's a huge, huge, huge thing um, that happened this episode via our love. Lovely Oswin. Please. Wiping the memories of the Daleks. Yes. And now they they have no idea who the doctor is. Right. And it's it's gonna be interesting to see what their relationship is going to be, because it's sort of rebooting that whole history. And now that we're coming into the 50th anniversary, it's interesting to see that relationship start over. Right. Because here's the thing is that he his character has relied especially Matt Smith yes. as the doctor has relied on walking into a situation and being able to say I'm the doctor and everyone's frightened and everyone gets scared and they run away, and they run away slash negotiations come into play mm-hmm. or, or so forth. If he does not have the ability, it's kind of like Al Capone. Suddenly yeah. nobody knows who Al Capone is anymore. I mean, he had worked, you know, 20 years to get you scared to death of the very name Al Capone. And then everybody forgot. And suddenly he has to re remanage how he handles situation. I think what's going to be neat yeah. is to see him have to really start to engage in the game of chess again. And I honestly think that he's excited. Yeah. In that last scene where he's, he's going Doctor Who over and over again, I think that he's honestly delighted because he hasn't had a real challenge in that way right in the longest time uh, he's now he's now 1100 years old sure and he hasn't had that challenge in a long time it's interesting Stephen Moffat kind of since he took over the series in season five 
he set up Matt Smith's doctor very well in right. that season and just let him be. He's the smartest man in the room. He's go- always going to have a plan. And then starting with season six, he just started to deconstruct it. Right. What kind of person is the is that person who everyone in the universe is afraid of? Right. What kind and, of being? Right. What kind of being is that? And what goes on in that person's head? The kind of pressure yeah. that, that, that that is. And now to have that lifted with the Daleks, maybe – that's a signal that we're going to see more of that lightheartedness and not so much allegory, not and so much angst, angst and pondering. How can I exist? I should just die because I, I, I bring so much despair, even though he doesn't. Well, I, I got to admit, I like the pondering and the allegory and the angst. It's sort of one of my favorite aspects of science fiction. It's one yeah. of the reasons I like the genre. So I hope that we don't lose it entirely. No, not at and all. And there's always, to me, been a really good balance of the dark and like elements of the show. I think that his relationship, too, with Amy mm-hmm. um, was the perfect kind of way to explore who am I, the raggedy man. Yeah. and. All the way through the girl who waited. Um, all the way through the girl who waited. And which was her, just heart-wrenching. heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Because the level of faith that Amy had in him, mm-hmm. once that comes into pl- question, yeah. and if he fails her, then really, is he a god? Mm-hmm. Is he a time? What is he? You yeah. know, is he a failed God or yeah. is he a flawed God? What is he? And that is the question, Doctor Who. What What right. is this being? What is this entity? And I think that is really interesting. That is the theological question because mm-hmm. he is essentially godlike right. in the way a superhero is right and we'll get more into that later right yeah so let's talk about a little bit of course about rory and amelia yes and did you watch um the pond life yes i i did watch pond life it's interesting uh stephen moffat said that it was going to be about the companion's time away from the doctor right and yet the doctor, the doctor was in every single one exactly and then uh it, for those of you who haven't seen it, there's a great moment in episode three <laughs> into episode four where he, uh, the doctor abandons an ood in their house. <laughs> an ood on the loo. Ood on the loo. <laughs> and uh, he becomes their butler, which was just so fun. I, I Like, it's funny. Ood episodes to me aren't really good, but I love the ood as characters. I love the ood so in kind of, this context. Yes. They're so kind of weird cute. Yeah, they are yeah. weird cute. and But I love the ood in this context because I think it really... The con the the juxtaposition of this crazy weird yeah. creature that's designed to only serve in their everyday domestic British life mm-hmm. was hilarious, and yes. that's what it was meant to be. I thought that the final installation was really abrupt. It was out of nowhere. Yeah, I I would have. There was no buildup. Not at all. If if that was going to happen, if they were going to have them divorce, if she was going to throw him out, right? Based on those other four entries, it would have been. A, be- a breakup because the doctor is too involved in their lives and they can't be a married couple. That was exactly. the message I got from those four. And then to have it be because she can't have kids. Right. I was like, what are I, you doing? Well, I think that, okay, so plot wise, I think why they've done that because as we know, well, I think plot wise, they have done that to remind us. Mm hmm. Of her time, of what has happened right. to her, and to remind us of kind of the severity, because it is very light and it is very fun, mm-hmm. you know, and and maybe we forget the severity of the consequences of tying your life to the doctor yeah. and the things that you have to sacrifice and the things that are sacrificed for you and the danger. Let's yeah. not forget. All right. Is Amy, did, did it, did the, oh, yeah. did the Let's bracelet, talk about this. Did, no, here's the thing. Is she now 
part way to becoming a Dalek. But the did doctor, the process, too. But the doctor, too. Yeah. Did the process cease and desist, or is it still happening? It has to be. It has to be, because they, they never tied that up. To have that not come back, I see as a flaw. Right. Even if they explain it away in one line, I want it to come back. Yeah. Because they should have tied that up. The pregnancy thing is a very adult issue. Yes. To be like, no matter how deep our our philosophical or theological uh, rumblings in right. this show get, that was a very adult issue for what is ostensibly a family show. Right. But to me, I'm just like, adopt. Talk about it. You're a couple. He waited for you for 2,000 2, years. years. Yeah, and that's the thing You'll that you can... You'll never find anyone else. Yes, this is the thing that you can never get away from in this couple, is that Rory waited for you outside of a box for 2,000 years. He's the best. He's the boy who waited. Yes. He is absolutely the boy who waited. Yeah. 2,000 years 2, he waited 000 for 2,000 years. Like, and you're going to be like, oh, well, without discussing it with you... Yeah person that i've known my whole life and i've had this incredible history with that i could certainly never even share with anyone on the planet mm-hmm. i'm just going to decide for us that seemed a little out of character it i really didn't did. totally buy that it, she would honestly, do that it rang to me as we need character stakes in their relationship we need to raise the stakes and it was just it was kind of a bald choice there wasn't yeah. a good reason for it i agree yeah. and i also i mean let me ask you this Mm-hmm. I will say this. I did like this line. It's just life, doctor. It's what happens when you're not here. Love that line. I love that line because yeah. I think it highlights, again, the question of, look, if this person is popping in and out of your life mm-hmm. and creating these magnificent, albeit but extreme events. And dangerous events. And dangerous yeah. events. And he just abandons you to kind of face the consequences on your own, which, listen, this is the con- the consequence, the cause of the breakup was what happened to her on Demon's Run, yes. right? Which would never have happened if she'd never met the doctor. Mm-hmm. Other things would happen. Look, Amy ne- wouldn't have gone on without consequence if she never met the doctor. She had to meet him because there was the crack in the wall. Yes. You know what I mean? That's that was always going to be a thing that was going Fixed to affect her life. in history. Exactly. Yes. So, fine. But still, I thought it was an interesting thing to point out. Like, this, when yeah. you're off doing whatever you're doing, things are still happening and for that's, us. And that's honestly what I thought Pond Life was going to be. I thought we were going to see Rory in the hospital being miserable, trying to deal with, with everyday people who are sick, thinking about what could be going on outside, or... The doctor was having sort of his own adventure adventures without them. If just outside you see a spaceship fly by and he freaks out, but the doctor's taking a, taking care of it without them. Right. We didn't really learn anything new about their relationship. Right. And then to have this kind of thrust down our throats was was difficult to take. However, it did lead to that really lovely scene between the two of them, between Amy and Rory, when she finally blurted out what happened. Right. And then uh, when they were waiting for the doctor to come back and he was like, how long should we wait? And she was like, for the rest of our lives. Exactly. It's just like, absolutely. They love each other. They do. And I think that what the episode wanted to accomplish with that plot line mm-hmm. was to remind us also, like I said, the consequences, what happened to her, the stakes. But... That Amy loves Rory as much as Rory loves Amy. Because, like we've said, he waited 2,000 years, so it's a given. Yes. But we need to know that she is equally invested in this relationship because he's right. For the course of the series, it's always been Rory loves Amy more. It's true. You know, we need to know that she is on the same page as him. Yeah. At this point, she's no longer kind of fantasizing about the doctor and all these other things. Here's another question. What do you think about her being a supermodel? 
I thought it was kind of out of left field for uh, a girl from the country right. to just all of a sudden be a supermodel. Not to say that she isn't lovely enough to be one. Sure. I just didn't see it coming for her, for her. Her only job was as a kissogram, which we, we left uh, purposely vague right. in the season five premiere. But I just – I don't know how that would have happened. I don't know how that would have – it is something – I'll tell the, there are two reasons that it bothers me a little bit. Yeah. She's gorgeous. Yes. You know, and there's no – I have no problem with her being an actor or a – many other things. But the truth is models start out incredibly young and they end really young too. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- you don't become a model in your mid-20s. Yeah. You really don't. You become a model as a teen. That's just sort of a thing that I know having grown up in New York and mm-hmm. like been a Brown fashion and like not that I clearly <laughs> was not <laughs> oh, one myself. Don't, no, come on. But um, well, but yeah. but the, so that's one thing that just the logic of it bothers mm-hmm. me a bit. But more than that is that I think it's such an extreme conceit to deal with the idea of fame in either a television show or in a movie and that that has to be the only thing you're dealing with. Yeah. I I think it can be entourage or it can be, you know, whatever it is that that's what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the idea of suddenly normal people, well, normal people that travel normal through enough. space and time yes. are famous supermodels. There's something about it that feels out of sync with me. This is this is a fun issue for me because it's one of those things where I feel like creators don't always uh, know what their fans are going to do. And it's one of those things that I, I'm sure they were like, eh, and, sh- and she's a model. Right. And it was like, we'll never question it. Yeah. But of course we're going to question it because, yeah, she would be famous. And then all of a sudden she disappears yeah. on, on Fantastical Adventures. My issue with it is after everything that she's seen, everything that she's done. Right. Why of all things? Something as silly and superficial as being a model. As Forgive being me. A model. I mean, like, no. I'm not trying to judge models. Great. No. I mean, it's wonderful. Great. Yeah. But it is ultimately a. I mean, it's literally superficial. Yeah. It's, ta- you know, so why exactly? Yeah. I, I feel like there's so much more to Amy. Yeah, it doesn't jive with it, her personality. That she would come back and they would do something mm-hmm. in the world yeah. that had kind of a d- deeper, bigger meaning. Right. So I'm not th- you know, thrilled look at, with that. Look at Martha. Like, Martha didn't necessarily have any more altruistic leanings when she first joined the show but right. then when when she stopped traveling with the doctor she joined unit sure she she's was working on making the world a better place and which is i feel like that that kind of an event mm-hmm. would send you down that path yeah. you know i just think that there's no way you could see the size and scope of the universe and that how things really do affect each other mm-hmm. And not then come back and want to be a part of that. I did kind of love her her little assistant who's yes. in who's in the oh yeah and the love, love hate, hate <laughs> of Radio Raheem yeah. from Do the Right Thing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Nicely nice pull. Uh I loved her little assistant. He only got like one line uh I didn't even write it down. But he, he was like, Your husband's here and she's like, I thought I don't have a husband. Well, it seems like you do. He's just so nervous <laughs> and I feel like I've seen him in something before. And it just made me laugh. Um there was kind of a weird thing in the the scene where she gets taken. Yes. Before she, the the hairdresser becomes a Dalek, the light is flickering. Right. And like, is there some sort of energy field? What's going on there? It was just a throwaway thing, but it just kind of bothered me. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Is there anything else on this? Because if not, I'm going to go into some spoiler territory. Please do. All right. 
All right, guys. So at this point in the program, we're going to talk about things that are to do with what the show crew, Stephen Monitvay, and the people involved in the show have said about what may or may not be coming up, as well as speculation online about what may or may not be coming up in season seven. Yes. So if you just want to watch every single episode fresh, don't want to know what anything's been said, don't want to speculate then tune out now and and come back next week. If you want to play with us in the field of speculation, then strap on, because here we go. The field of speculation. (laughs) That is amazing. I hope we can record that and do it every single week. The field of speculation. All right, first and foremost, here we go. Okay. We know that this is the last season, and I'm really sad about this, but it had to happen. happen. It had to happen for Amy and Rory. Mm Mm-hmm. We know that they are going to make their exit in episode five. The Angels Take Manhattan. The Angels Take Manhattan. If anybody's ever seen Jason Takes Manhattan, maybe Mm -hmm. you know what that's all about. Or the Muppets Take Manhattan. Or the Muppets, which is a much more (laughs) snuggly thing. Yes, the Angels (laughs) put on a fantastic review on Broadway. Oh, (laughs) somebody, I beg you, do that parody right now. The Angels Take Manhattan as the Muppets Take Manhattan. Yes, But Jason needs to make an appearance as well. Okay. So let's talk about this. So there's a couple of possibilities. Now, let's not forget that she almost became An a angel. weaving angel. Yes. Now, she may be halfway to becoming a Dalek. Mm-hmm. We know that Stephen Moffat had said not everyone is going to make it out, out alive. That. We know that River Song is coming back. We know that this is called The Power of Three, which brings us back into the idea of parents Episode and child. Four, the Episode power of four three. is The Power of Three, which yes. brings us back to the idea of parents and children. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe the child is River Song, who is their child. Yeah. Um, maybe the child is a different kind of an entity. We yeah. don't know. It's easily the most vague of the of the five episode titles because we've gotten like the Asylum of the Daleks. You pretty much understand. Right. What that is. Dinosaurs on a spaceship. We know, we know what, what that, that is. is. It's dinosaurs yeah. on a spaceship. A town called Mercy. We've seen it in the promos. It's a Western. Right. And the angels take Manhattan. The power of three. We really know nothing about. We know nothing about. But we certainly can, given the nature of what's been set up in mm-hmm. this episode speculate we also know that she has said she doesn't want to make cameo appearances yes so oh my god that would be so tragic to leave rory heartbroken i don't think that you can have amy die and leave rory alive yeah i think you or is it river oh man that would be rough but honestly they did so much with River last season. And don't get me wrong. I love River Song. Let's Kill Hitler might be my favorite episode. It certainly it's, should be up there. If it's, it's it, not your favorite, it yeah. should be up there. There's actually there's a great uh, website that ranks all of the Who episodes from classic all the way through the current ones. Blink is currently the top ranked. Not obviously. surprising. Uh, Let's Kill Hitler wasn't that high on the list. But they they played that card so much last season that if she were to pass, I'd get it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't. I, I Wait, think how could it would she? Be... She dies in season four. Exactly. So yeah. she really can't. Yeah. Unless they play some kind of time trick on us. Oh, Parallel can't. reality, alternate timelines, you know split would... in the timelines. Yeah. Do you know what I would love? Tell me. If in The Power of Three, for her to exit the series, that's the episode where the doctor gives her the rejiggered old screwdriver. Yes. That she uses in that season four episode. That to me would, would signify her exit. Well, okay. And th- this, th- we're going to combine this topic with our next topic, yes. which is about Stephen Moffat, of course, as we've sort of been indicating, has said that this season is all going to be about. Here's what he, the quote, this is what he told the writers. Lay it on me. He said, 
slut it up with big, huge, mad ideas. Each episode should be like, not a movie, a movie poster, which I actually think is kind of more amazing. And they released those movie posters for the first five episodes. If you haven't checked them out, they're really awesome. I love the one for Angels Take Manhattan and Dinosaurs on the Spaceship. I think so. So he's going to be attacking. He's going to be going. Obviously, yeah. he's going to go into Western. You yeah. know, he's going to go. This this episode was um, big sci-fi. Yes. And um, he's sort of going to be taking on different genres and doing standalone episodes. So that brings us to the idea. Last season was, of course, all about the overarching storyline. Yes. And River Song was a huge part of that. Huge and part of that. I still don't feel like that was satisfactorily. Their relationship mm-hmm. has been satisfactorily resolved. Can it happen in one episode where we also lose Rory? and Amy? No. Yeah. How are no, they going to do that? I think that I think that because of that they're probably going to bring her back in the second half of the season. I hope so. S- Stephen Moffat loves to use his own creations. Right. He loves bringing back those angels. He he loves the silence. I I think that we have a little more time with her, to be honest. The interesting thing for me as a fan because Sci-fi shows are always limit- limited by their budgets. There are always limitations. They said, let's not do a cheap episode this year. And he's often talked about limiting who on the screen so that it's more of an event. We had to wait almost a year to right. see it again. And uh, I really want to see a bunch of events this year. Uh, Amy and Rory's exit is just going to be heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it's going to be heartbreaking no matter what. Yeah. But my guess is... Is I mean, he said not everyone's going to make it out alive. She has said she does not want to come back and do cameos. Yeah. I think Amy is going to die. But the thing is, if they both die, how does the doctor bounce back from that in one episode? He doesn't. And this brings us to the topic of the next companion, yeah. which is I think that this is really what's going to happen. They've said that this next companion and his relationship with the next companion is going to reboot who the doctor sort of is and reboot what his role is. We've started to see, as you said, Stephen Moffat is deconstructing this character as this seemingly previously all powerful character. Amy said to him, listen, you can't fix life like you fix your bow tie. But and he does that great sort of side where he gets them to talk and he goes, yeah, fixes his bow tie. I think he's going to have to confront his own limitations. Wow. And even though he, you know, pre- he lost Rose, mm-hmm. he's never really f- totally lost one of he's his He's never movies. let a companion die, die in the current series. I'm not entirely sure if it's never happened, period. Right. In the, in the classic episodes. But it has never happened in the current series. That would be really, really tragic. But my question is, if he were to allow them to die, how could he allow himself to bring another person on board. Like, Clara, to me, would have to be forced on him for some reason. Right. Well, I think this. If they died, like you said, how is he going to bounce back from that? He's My my thought is that he's going to have to deal, like I said, with his own limitations, his limitations. as an entity. Clara, why would he bring her on board? Well, yeah. he knows what she's going to become, and he knows how important it is that she become, or that she's going to sire, you mm. know, or women don't sire, uh, give birth to. Because um, I, I, here's my opinion. Clara is either going to be um, her great-grandmother, grandmother, yeah. mother, something like that. And we've seen some set photos right. where she's in Victorian dress. She's also in modern dress. She's also in modern dress. But I honestly think 
This would be the first time since the classic series that we've had a companion who was not living in our current times, which right. is really exciting to me. I think would be really exciting, too. And I think he may she may be thrust upon him. Yeah. Yes. But in the sense that he knows something may happen where if he doesn't take her on, she's going to die. Yeah. You know? And that can't happen because that, that can't would happen. collapse timelines. Exactly. Because her, aunt, her descendant has to become a Dalek. So that it, they can escape from there and, oh, you time it, travel. It, well, so that not only so that they can escape from there, but so that the Asylum of the Daleks isn't let loose, That's which true. would end the universe, That's basically, is, yeah. is probably his idea. So in that sense, maybe she will be thrust upon him. If she is similar to the character that we were introduced Who to, I love. she can maybe one of the very first companions that can really, really go toe to toe with the Doctor. And not just with attitude. Like Donna is my favorite modern companion personally right. because she didn't care about the doctor she cared about the adventures and she thought he he was being stupid sometimes you know right. she saved his life in the runaway bride because he was going to let himself die to make sure that this uh the the uh, arachnid right. woman uh died i'm i'm going to get i'm going to get hate for not remembering you the won't name get of that hate monster. for we're, we'll very nicely say hey super fans who are also super fans who are also super fans not everybody can remember everything every second so go ahead and tweet that at us right now please forgive me uh <laughs> But she's, yeah, she's going to be the first one who can go toe-to-toe technologically. She may even be from a planet right. that is based on Victorian London. Sure. That, that oh, would be that's so cool. neat. Yeah. That's a really good idea. We don't do, we don't have too many of these. Uh, except that, except that, um, except that Osmond, kept, she kept saying that she was human. Right. So she does have to be human, I think. Well, the New Earth was colonized Earth, by true. humans. All right, fair enough. She could be human, but not from... Yeah. From that's fair. She could be human. I just think we haven't had any wacky companions like they in the classic series, I don't know if you know, they had Leela who was a cave woman. Right. Which I think is the most out there companion they ever had. Right. So, I'm well, I'm curious. They did say like like I said, she, uh, they he hired her uh, Stephen Moffat hired her because she could go toe to toe. She could talk faster than him, which mm-hmm. I think who can talk faster than Matt Smith? When Benedict he's really, Cumberbatch. Well, Benedict Cumberbatch, sure, <laughs> but I don't think he's going to show up as a companion. No. Although the world would go insane oh with God. joy if he did. But so I, I mean, or somebody suggested he should be the new master, Benedict Cumberbatch. That would be so. Cool. Would that not that be would amazing? Be so cool. That would be amazing. But I feel like that that she is really going to it's going to turn the tables will be turned in the sense that instead of him guiding someone yeah she's going to have to guide him back to the from the the depths of his despair that she is going to be a savant as well like her her descendant is that she is going to be able to be fun and quick and fast and that she is going to have to bring him back from the edge i love that personally because it's a very different energy than we've ever gotten right. on the show yeah sure. and the the great thing about this show and the reason why it's so endlessly repeatable the reason why it survived for so long is because just when you think it's out of energy it switches it up whether it's a new doctor or it's new companions that to me is a character dynamic we've never seen right exactly we've never seen it and I think it's time that we had somebody who was faster than the doctor because it would make him work that much harder. It would make him doubt himself that much more. I feel like we're not going to get the answer to the question, the question without serious loss or stakes. Exactly. Because the truth is that in every human journey, which I mean, the doctor is like every he's standing in for the human journey in, yeah. a, in, a, in a heightened, highly heightened in way, the grand scale. in the grand scale, you know, we don't really get to our ultimate question, which is 
who who am I mm-hmm. um, without having to traverse the pain of life, it's you true. know, and he's not going to be able to get away with it either. Ultimately, he's going to have to go through pain and loss. He, of course, he already has in the in the, <laughs> the, the, the largest, as grandest he way. Have more. Exactly. We as just if, want him to suffer. I know. Well, of course, he already has. But here's the deal. The pain that he suffered, we've. It was before we knew him, yeah. you know, and so I think that we need to see him go through the process again a little bit in order to reach, like you said, the question. And the question, as we know, is Doctor Who Yeah, is the question. And Which, I, as much as I loved it the first time, to do it again, because right. they, they, they had that moment at the end of last season and right. now they did it again. I don't want them to do that again. And right. this is why, because I love this show unabashedly. To me, that's almost goofy. Yeah. And this show has been goofy in the past. The Russell T. Davies era, full of campy episodes. But that's fine. That's what the show is. To me, that's too much of a wink. Right. And I just, I don't want them to do that again unless there is an amazing wackadoo reason that just makes total sense. Well, the question, I mean, this is when silence will fall, right? Right. That's the ultimate consequence. But is sil- I mean, and we've always thought, oh, well, that's going to be a terrible thing. But is silence falling maybe not ultimately exactly what needs to happen? Maybe it's not what we think it is. But let me let me say this. The question has already been asked and silence didn't fall. Exactly. It, I, I, silence didn't. The question has been asked. Silence twice. didn't fall. Um, but yeah, I think that they're going to that's going to be a conundrum that will have to be dealt with in the 50th anniversary episode yes. where it all sort of comes to a head. But silence. What is silence? Silence is the end of all things. It's 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 uh, nothing new being produced. No more voices crying out into the unending starlight. So what is silence will fall? I don't know. I, I think it means on on most base terms the return of the silence whether it is the alien race or the uh religious order what if it means that it's just it's the end of that religious order and that'll just end that arc we still have to fully resolve it we didn't see the end of the entire order of the silence in the end of the sixth season right i recall yeah well here's the other thing too though yeah is that when something falls it's defeated yes so Maybe we're misunderstanding. Maybe it's a joyous thing. Maybe silence will fall is ultimately a really good thing Mm -hmm. for everyone and everything and the universe. Yes. Maybe silence needs to fall. Maybe silence needs to fall once and for all. All right. We're going to leave that at that. And you go ahead and and please, please do make sure to subscribe to iTunes. Make sure to leave your comments um, on iTunes. Nice comments, please. Nice ratings, please. Leave your comments on the YouTube account and tweet at us. You can find me at at JRossi. That's J-R-O-T-H-C on Twitter. And you can find me at at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you. And we will, of course, be back next week with more Doctor Who. Can't wait. Dinosaurs on a spaceship. Dinosaurs on a spaceship. (laughs) Looking forward to it. Okay, thanks, guys. All right. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.